Hey friends, welcome to Let's Be Clear. I am Clear Cherry Reeves and this is a podcast where we get clear, pun intended, about how to find a kingdom perspective in all things. No, really, all things. Whether it be about pursuing your dreams, finding hope and hardship, or just talking about Jesus, we will get raw and honest. I believe it will encourage you. Now, let's dig in. Hey guys, welcome to Let's Be Clear Season 2, Episode 2. Guys, I know that we have talked about getting in a cadence with this podcast, but in 2024, it is truly on my priority list. Um, I'm learning that, you know, with life, there are seasons for things, and I thought that I had the capacity before, but things were shifting and sledge and life and family and la la la, we'll go into the some of that later, but we're here you can count on it. Hopefully every other week and eventually every week once we can get some things nailed down, it'll be a mixture of me just talking, digging deep, um, chatting with you guys as you're used to, and then also some interviews of some people that I really, really admire. Speaking of the last episode, if you missed it, the first episode of season two, sorry, Aaron Kennedy, love you, but I left him hanging. I posted that one and then we went AWOL again. But if you have not listened to that, I heavily suggest that is my hometown pastor and he is full of wisdom and just so many good nuggets and truth and just invitation to be where you're at and receive the Lord's grace and really operate in um, what he's calling you to do. And so, and authenticity, man. And he is so authentic and walks it out in leadership every day. So anyway, if you've not listened, heavily suggest that, but we're here. Episode two. And you know, guys, I had a plan for this episode and I went down to kind of jot down some bullet points and what I wanted to talk about. And the Holy Spirit just took his own direction. So buckle up. That's what we're doing. Um, I want this podcast to be a little more like casual and fun and, you know, things that are coming to my mind and, you know, doesn't have to be a 45 minute sermon. That's my tendency when I start to write is I just kind of like go there, but I want there to be, you know, some ones that are 20 minutes and we're talking about different random subjects that you guys throw out that you're interested in, all that kind of stuff. So, Anyway, I just am thankful to be back. I really, really, really believe in the power of podcast. I think it's something that um, can add so much value to your day and not serve as a really intense distraction. Um, So anyway, I'm thankful you're here. And, you know, I was thinking about just as I was getting ready, I wanted to have my plan initially was to have the front room at our office be like to have a glow sign, you know, with let's be clear and all the things. I just wanted perfection, kind of. I don't know if you can, you know, relate to that. Before I started back and really got into the throes of putting my time behind this, I was like, I need the office to be repainted. I need things to be fixed. I want to get a glow sign. I want to have all my interviews lined up. I want all this stuff to be perfect and video lined up and everything. And then I was like, wait, why am I doing that? You know, Um, I have something to say now and to show up where I'm at and let that process be part of what I invite you guys into. So my friend, one of my dear friends the other day shared this verse and she also is starting a podcast and just in, in the works with some other things. And, um, her name's Michelle and I wanted to share it because it really spoke to me and resonates so much with, which I think you guys will 
agree with me on this. And it says, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Ecclesiastes 11, 4 through 5. I love that verse because it's, a, first off, I think it's one of those things where it gives you permission to say, hey, where are you? Yeah, start there. That's a good place to start. I think the Lord all throughout scripture, and y'all know I'm going to go rogue on this, but I think all throughout scripture, the Lord responds to movement of his people, right? Not perfection, not, I know exactly what's going to happen, not predictability, not ideal circumstances. No, none of those really are actually something we can nail down, right? But he says, if you will move your feet and operate in faith, I can work with that. In other words, if you wait until you can control the circumstances around you to begin the process, you will never start. That's for somebody because chances are we just got through the new year, you know, and I know that podcasts are timeless. So whenever you're listening to this, you are in the throes of probably wanting to start something, wanting to start a new habit or stop something and implement something else, right? And so I think we're always in that where we have that temptation to procrastinate. And I think the one of the enemy's greatest tactics is procrastination because it paralyzes us to stay right where we are. And then we start to almost dread movement because we feel like we have to have everything perfect or we feel we start to compare, right? The longer that you're stationary, the more that you're going to compare and see people ahead of you or behind you or beside you and go, why don't I have that? Why don't I look like that? If only I had this. And so I think the Lord's just saying, hey, look, what about starting right where you are, not waiting for perfect circumstances or things you can control and just trusting me with that. I control the weather. I know what you need, you know? Um, I love the portion in that scripture too, where it says, if they watch every cloud, because how true. It's almost like, I have like a visual in my head as I'm talking to you guys, but it's almost like we get obsessed with babysitting, right? AKA trying to control our circumstances that are outside of our control so that we don't have to be disciplined with what we actually do control, which is our actions, our words, our time, our energy, and our attention. I'm going to say that again because I think that's really important. If you get nothing from this podcast and you can just take that and chew on that nugget, I think it'll help you. It's almost like we get obsessed with babysitting or trying to control. We don't like that word, but it's true. Trying to control circumstances that are outside of our control so that we don't have to be disciplined with what we actually do control, which is our words and our actions and our time and our energy and our attention. So, you know, I think we tend to get frustrated at the end of the year. Like we're revving up for a new year. We just kind of went through this process, right? And we look back and we realize once again, because we realize it every year, how little we control and how often we spend our lives focusing on that. Like how many things, I want you to think about this, like stop for a second. I want you to think about what you worried about last year. How many of those things came true? I want you to think about your greatest fears, what you played out in your head. What was your worst case scenario? Did any of those things come to fruition like you thought they would? And if they did, 
were you alone like you feared you would be? Because I think what's so interesting is if we survey that, we realize, wow, Lord, it is so not worth my time focusing on that. So let's not do that, right? Let's not. I know it's not January 1st, but any day is a perfect day for a reset. Any moment contains the possibility of pivoting in a different direction, and any narrative can be redirected at any chapter. That is not a pipe dream. That is true. That is true. I did a question box when I was originally, right before I was going to do this podcast, I did it at the beginning of the year and then um, decided to wait a little bit before doing the first one. Anyway, but I wanted to revisit those questions. I asked some questions on my Instagram stories and I was just polling you guys, like, where are you at? And some random questions. And I promised y'all, because many of you wrote back or messaged me and said, please share those responses. And I think that, you know, when it comes to listening to goals, worries, and hopes of others, I do think it's important to consider a few things before I read through these that are really important in maintaining a healthy mindset. So I'm going to walk through a few things I want you to keep in mind um, to maintain health and focus on your race as you consider the goals of others. The first one is listen with a filter of truth, discernment, and humility. Okay, some things are yours to apply and activate, and it is inspirational, and it is helpful, and it is tactful, and then others are yours to be a listener and cheer them on, and then let it go, and understand that just because it's a great sounding goal does not mean it's yours that you should apply to your life. There are only so many things you can channel your energy towards, you know? And if you're like me and you get in a a group or a conversation with someone and they mention a goal, they're like, wow, that's powerful. Or man, that's going to pay large dividends. Like you want to assimilate, you want to take it on and you want to add to what you already have going on. And then your energy is once again scattered and you are over capacity. So listen with a filter of truth, discernment and humility. The second is glean the gold. Like we talked about, take what's yours, mine for it, listen well so that you can glean the gold that the Holy Spirit has for you. That is particular to your season and to your set of circumstances. Let their creativity, this is the third one, let their creativity, discipline, and innovative methods inspire you. And the reason I mentioned that is because it is so tempting to let it be like a mode of comparison. But I think it's really healthy to have conversations like this and let it inspire you. Like let it give you, let it fuel you to think about what works for you. Let it help you get outside your own box. You know, I mean, we everyone has different gifts and different ways that they see the world and different approaches and hearing those out is really helpful. Um, the fourth one is ask for accountability when possible or necessary. So like as you're setting these goals, and you're, or you're thinking about like what's ahead um, and we're talking through these things, think about where you might need some accountability. Would that help you? So example for me, and this is like, sounds so silly, but no kidding. I am much better at showing up when I know someone else is counting on me and they keep me accountable. Sometimes when it comes to like myself and goals, I have, first of all, I have a million And also because I work for myself, sometimes I need like that extra push and to know that someone and I'm working on not being a people pleaser, but 
I am very people oriented. So it's helpful when someone else is involved in that circle of communication. And so like with this podcast, I told Jake, I was like, hound me, text me, literally make me send you the audio. I have no excuse. My gosh, I feel like I'm talking all day and I love doing these. It's getting my butt in a seat and staying there and not making an excuse for it. And so I need accountability there and I need a deadline and I need someone else involved. And so think about it for yourself. Like, what is it for you? Where do you maybe need some accountability and make sure to make that happen? And the last thing is like, realize that people are a work in progress too. I say this like as we're in the conversation is, I think processing in groups and having these conversations with friends and even scrolling on Instagram as we're all, you know, working out our New Year's resolutions slash just thinking about what we want for our year. It's great for encouragement and inspiration and education. Education is a big one. But we have to be careful it doesn't lead us to comparison or insecurity or setting unrealistic expectations of self, family, time, or resources. Here's the thing about goal setting is like, it's not a formula. There isn't a universal method. In other words, what works for others may not work for you. Yes, we all get there the same forward steps, right? In a consistent direction, but your destination and mine are probably very different. And how we operate and how we work best and what our kryptonite is and what our strengths are and and all of that Those are probably very different too. And so that's what self-awareness and pausing and being honest about what works for me. Have I even thought through that? Like, have I tried to make myself a morning person and I actually work out better in the afternoon, right? Or have I even considered like, where, where is my green zone? When, when, when do I respond best in this area? Or is that even a strength of mine? Am I literally trying to like, chameleon myself because I think it's what I should do, right? Like, how was I made? How do I operate best? And I'm not saying you can't implement new ways, but I am saying to survey what works for you, how you best operate, and really consider that as you implement, you know, goals and rhythms. And this brings me to a point I want to nail down. And I told you, I don't even really like the point of this podcast. I just wanted to kind of talk about like the new year and where we're at and and where, where we're looking to go and how we're going to get there, right? Um, and so if you hear nothing else from this podcast, I want you to hear this. Goal setting is good. It's good, but it provides no fuel for how to get there. It is your daily rhythms that decide the direction of your life. And like I mentioned at the beginning, usually life is full of detours. I was going to release this podcast at the beginning of January, but you guys don't need to hear my spill. I mean, I probably should have planned better. And also, Sledge has been incessantly sick and there's just been a lot going on. There's just other things. There were other things that happened. And so we have to have these daily rhythms that protect us from the detours and that are flexible amidst the detours. Because if life is usually full of them and full of unexpected circumstances, which makes driving towards those goals impossible if you don't have rhythms set in place in order to get there. Let me ask you a question. And I wish we were together, just hanging out. Um, And this may seem silly, but I'm being very serious. Are you currently trying to change something about your life without putting any true energy to it? And like, 
I know that sounds kind of dumb or like, what? Why would I? Yeah, if I want to do something, I need to put energy to it. Duh, A plus B equals C. We know that and yet, right? We we know, okay, I want to spend more time with Jesus. And yet we are operating, building our schedule, setting our time, determining our priorities the same way we did in 2023, knowing that is not the, the dividend that it paid out. And so if that's not what we received, then something has to shift. But the truth is this. If you want to prioritize change, you must accept prioritizing discomfort. However, okay, it is your continual decision to prioritize discomfort that will build the confidence and consistency you need to actually experience lasting change. I love that, right? It's like with, I mean, I'm podcasting, so I'll just, I'm just going to use this as an example. It's my continual example right now because it's literally where I'm at is the more that I show up in a space that sometimes can make me uncomfortable, I don't know much about it, trying to figure out the technology, whatever it is, right? The, the Your continual decision to prioritize that discomfort, you will build consistency and confidence that you need to actually experience lasting change. And you know what that helps do is you start to build trust in yourself that you will actually show up. And I don't know what this looks like for you, right? Like it could be so many things from changing your health routines to implementing quiet time to organizing your friendships better, you know, um, your relationships, wanting to prioritize time with friends more amidst all the current obligations that you have and actually instigating that com- communication. Maybe it's managing your time blocks better at work. I mean, like it could be so many things, right? And like for me, I, I'm not great at self-care and I do not mean that in a holy martyr way. I have finally learned there is absolutely nothing holy about running yourself ragged or sacrificing your own mental health for the benefit of others because eventually, guess what? It catches up to you and them. And anyway, for me, I this is just a current thing because... Hashtag detours and the first two weeks of 2024, like I said, there were just some hiccups, nothing crazy, but I just felt like, man, I really was hoping I was going to be super smooth sailing on this. And I don't know if maybe you can like relate with me on that is that you had all this stuff lined up and you just feel like, can I just press like if there was a big red button, I think about the movie Inside Out, you know, where they have that big like giant button. And I'm like, if I could just sit on that literally and like reset for a second, can I get a new January one? Today is a new January one. So anyway, now I'm working on establishing some rhythms, whether it's once a day or the rhythms once a week where I treat self-care and that can mean a lot of different things. That can mean movement of my body. That can mean doing a face mask. That can mean listening to a podcast and walking and not responding to needs from other people, whatever it is. And I treat it like a meeting with someone else. And I tend to whatever I need to do to protect my peace and safeguard my mental health. And when I treat it like a meeting with someone else, which why would I do that? But I think I kind of said earlier, when I started to treat it that way, I handle it differently. Like I don't make as many excuses. It doesn't feel like, I don't feel as guilty. I associate different things with it because I know that it is actually me helping other people when I help and heal 
and handle my own stuff, right? So also when Sledge gets sick or something happens with work or something comes up with family or friends or there needs to be a shift, when we have a rhythm that we're used to, like I always say you fall back on your habits, right? Like when, when and life is mostly, I wish I had this stat for it pulled. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have read Atomic Habits by James Clear. Phenomenal book. So good. I'm pretty sure it's been like number two on Amazon bestselling books for like years. I'm, I don't, I mean, forever, literally, it's so good. And, and some of it is, it feels very revolutionary, even though some of it is just like the consolidation of information that we halfway know, but feels really hard to implement. But anyway, I want to say like 95% of what we do is habit. Maybe it's a little less, but I think that's right. And so that 5%, maybe you're like building in decisions, you're adding something to your day, but 95% of your day and your life and your thought patterns a lot of times are a habit. And so what are your habits, right? And so making those, making a daily rhythm of this self-care for me is like, okay, if I, it's built into my week on say Wednesday afternoon, then if there's a shift, then I can kind of move that. But I know that I have been operating in a rhythm where it's just part of how I operate. Like, I'm not going to build in, if I have a choice and there's a lot going on, that's not something I'm going to build into my week. I need it to kind of be there, saved, secure, knowing it's important, and not wait every week to have to make that decision. Does that make sense? I also think that we just like suffer from decision fatigue (laughs) because we're deciding all the time what to eat. Should we buy this? Should we go here? Should I, you know, little decisions and big decisions, and it's a lot. So like, what are we falling back on? Like, what are our rhythms? Um, It's kind of like how, and this might be a bad analogy to use, but how as Christians, we try to kind of fit in a Sabbath, right? We try and fit in the Sabbath whenever it works with our week. Well, guess what? There is always something to do. I mean, especially if you know that like you need to rest, you will, you, you can think of a whole laundry list. And if we treat it that way, we will never honor it. However, when it's a rhythm we adhere to no matter what, because we know the importance of it, we schedule, appropriate, organize, and delegate around it. And that's the thing is that when we create these rhythms and we have, they're non-negotiables and we make it habit then what we fall back on, I mean, we're much healthier people, right? So I want you to think about it. Like, how do you work? What's helpful for you? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? When is your green, what, when's your green zone? When do you work best? And like I said, I was not trying to go into a whole spill about goal setting because it's not like I researched that and really was prepared to go there. But as I started just kind of like talking through this, I just... I wanted to, you know, kind of go back to go back to these points. Um, So the first part of the podcast is to tell you this, okay? You are capable of establishing new daily rhythms that protect your peace and pursue health. And also, okay, so that one is true. You can establish new daily rhythms, but also remember this. Your life is unique to you. Nobody else has it. Your family is unique to you. Your season is unique to you. Your responsibilities are unique to you. Your gifts are unique to you. Your specific strongholds are unique to you. 
your capacity is unique to you, and God's plan is unique to you. Therefore, it's crucial, like crucial to consider all these things and realize that your plan to success and how you chase after God's best for you will be what? Unique to you. I wanted to say this because guys like, and I am so preaching to the choir that in conversations with friends and just recently talking about Romans 8 and why you can, why we continue to do what we don't want to do, or even, even just why, like, why do I know something is good for me and yet I don't put any energy towards it? Like, why? Why, why, why do we operate that way, right? And second, we often have really high unrealistic expectations, which then creates undue stress about where we think we should be. And that is such a silent killer. Like it really is, man. I think so many times our contentment is robbed, not because where we are isn't good ground, not because where we are isn't where God wants us to be, not because where we are isn't impressive or awesome or great, but because we see something or we get, we have the thief of comparison or we scroll or someone says something or we have an expectation from a parent or whatever, and we think we should be somewhere else. And then we are robbed of that very moment in which God was saying, hey, this, this was good space, right? Be where you are. Stress about where you think you should be and write this down if you're taking notes. Stress about where you think you should be robs you of the energy you need to actually be where you are. So recently, and this is going to be like a little, you know, you can like pause this podcast and circle back. Hopefully, I just wanted to walk through some of the questions that I asked on Instagram stories and your answers, because I promised y'all I would share them. And I thought it was so interesting. And also, let me just say, we have way more in common than we think, because man, there were a lot of the same answers, answers, and I found them so interesting. And you guys are just such intentional people. Can I just say that? Wow. I was like blown away and very challenged. Anyway, so the first question I asked was this on my Instagram stories. I said, what are your goals for 2024 or what rhythms and habits do you hope to change or add in 2024? And there were so many good responses. Um, But what I noticed was like a lot of the goals that felt more ambiguous or airy, like though they're so good and important. And I could hear myself in them. And so I wanted to kind of mention these because I messaged actually some of these people and went back and I was like, hey, this is not a guilt thing. I'm literally like, I'm doing a podcast on it. I'm also just checking in like, how are you doing with this goal? Like, have you put some time to it? How's that going? Um, And I'll share kind of what their response was. But some of the answers were to be more intentional with family and intentionality in general was one. I think we all just kind of feel like we put our attention in the wrong places. And so to really be intentional with our time, that was across the board, very popular. But one was be more intentional with family, do better about quiet time to, um, and there were different variations of this, deepen my relationship with Jesus through sitting in the word, trust Jesus more by learning his word, rehearse the promises of Jesus before I start my day, abide in Christ, like all, you know, all variations of really like digging in and actually sitting in the word of God. Um, abide in Christ to have the eyes of faith, 
to be more present in my circumstance. And all of these, like I pulled them if they were more over like 30. Um, Walk by faith to pursue healing. Um, Pursue healing was very common, like in different areas. Some were specified, some was just in generality. To do the things I dream of doing, to not be a bystander of my own life. Um, A lot of people said, you know, to, I want to actually like, pursue contentment now instead of waiting till I retire, like not waiting to actually walk in the abundance of what God has for me. Um, More Jesus, more health, more happiness. That was a specific one that like variations of that were said. So do you see what I mean? Like they're such good, healthy, important goals, but it's hard to kind of put your thumb on like, but how do we do that? You know? And so I messaged some of these people and um, just seeing how they were doing. And they were like, "Uh, yeah, to be honest, not good at all. Um, And one person's messaged me back and was like, oh my gosh, are you in my journal? Like I've done terrible. I was like, well, you're journaling. That's so impressive, you know? Um, But that and that honestly, I think I'd messaged like twelve people, and everyone said like i'm I haven't done well, and I asked them like, well, did you with the goal that you shared, did you set like a rhythm or a place where you would do your quiet time, or when you're intentional with family, did you set maybe a day that you'd reach out or to have the eyes of faith, like did you have a specific specific way, some specific ways you could really have the eyes of faith? Um, like pursuing healing, like were you considering counseling? Have you thought about taking like a course, maybe meeting with a mentor? You're like breaking it down and getting practical. And they were like, no, I'm almost all of them. One of them said they had a plan, but they hadn't done it. And so I the reason I say that, and I am there too, okay, is that maybe we get less obsessed with where we are going to end up, aka our goal, and we become more committed to a true habit that we can form to help us get there. Because let me tell you what, let's talk about, I feel like it's such an easy analogy, like running in a marathon. A marathon is a great goal. The only way you will run a marathon is if you have the habit of running, right? If you become a runner and that becomes part of how you identify yourself, then you will be able to do a marathon and train appropriately, right? But until you start that habit and cultivate that habit, it will remain an impossible goal or not impossible, but very, very, very intense and hard fought. So if our goal is being more intentional, we get maybe we get coffee with a friend, right? Every Wednesday. Maybe if we're talking about quiet time, I always say if you have a place, and I don't remember who said this, but I think it's so good if you have a place and a time, And this can, like, you can be flexible, you can pivot, but to have, you know, a relative idea of a place you're going to read your Bible instead of trying to find a cozy spot, you know where you're going to sit, you know what you're going to read, you know what time you're going to read it, and you literally have your slippers right beside your chair or whatever makes it easier for you to actually show up there, right? So these rhythms, I just like, and I wanted to share them because I thought, wow, like these goals are so awesome, but I don't want us to be frustrated in August and then again in December and then really frustrated next January when we're setting the same goal because we didn't attach a rhythm to it. So anyway, that's what I have to say about that. The next question I asked was, what do you hope to let go of this year? And you guys are so honest and I just, 
I was kind of blown away by that. And I really, it, I don't know, it just was eye-opening to me. So I'm going to read some of them. Anger was very common. And I shared, um, right, I wrote down what was there like over like 50 times. Anger, unrealistic expectations, fear, impressing other people slash people-pleasing, my timetable, perfection, self-centered mentality, or like my, some, a lot, some people said my me bubble, or um, focus on my own life, or need to get outward, um, better about serving others instead of what I want, like variations of a self-centered mentality. And I was like, wow, that's like a, a very humble stance, you know? Um, resentment, less screen time, that was very common. Um, what I thought my life would look like. So my expectations of what I, how I thought this was going to go, and it's not, right? Comparison, control, anxiety, which there were so many ways that that was, you know, can come out and, and people shared in all kinds of different stuff. Fear of bad news and then unanswered prayers where you feel like maybe God's been silent or, um, and you're kind of struggling with trusting him or, or believing that he's good for you. Maybe he's good for other people, but you're struggling to believe it personally. And so I just think hearing, like, what do you hope to let go of this year? And I want to ask you that. Like, have you put energy towards letting go of what you were hoping to not walk into with 2024? What's currently weighing you down? Have you, like, thought about that question? Do you maybe have some bitterness that's keeping you from operating well in the roles that God's given you? Do you maybe have some anxiety that you kind of just like enter the day with because you just have, right? It's like a book bag. You just wake up and you've put it on every day and you have weight attached to your bones that make your day harder. And you don't even know why you do it. It's just what you've done. So what do you hope to let go of? And I know that, like I said, It's past January 1st, but that's kind of irrelevant because with the Lord, every day is a restart. So the third question I wanted to address, and I asked more, but I was just going to go over a few. What quality of God do you find yourself clinging to right now and why? And y'all, I was like, it was crazy. So I went through and counted because I couldn't believe how many times um, certain ones were said. I don't know, but grace was said over a hundred times. Faithfulness was said over 250. Steadfastness, which I was not expecting. I love that word. And the Lord is so steadfast, was said over 150 times. Hope was said over 50 times. And peace was mentioned in almost every answer. Literally, it was like faithfulness and his peace or grace and the peace of God or hope and the peace that follows or steadfastness and peace that makes no sense. Like peace was in there so many times. So what does that tell us? It tells me that, you know, there's a lot of people walking through it. I mean, we know this, right? Like we know that we know that we know, you know, the bumper sticker, the Pinterest poster, be kind, everyone's fighting a battle you know nothing about. And yet we operate and we forget that. And so I just really want to remind you of two things with this. One, it is safe to assume that everyone is caring more than you can see, more than you can see. So be kind. And two is with every 
year that changes and every season you find yourself amidst every uncertain or hard circumstance, God remains the same. I love that so many people talked about faithfulness um, and they got specific in theirs, but I'm not going to go into exactly what they were, you know, referring to, but faithfulness was such a consistent answer. And I think that's because we feel the fickleness of the world, right? We know our own depravity. We feel ourselves like holding on to things we know don't last. And we're like, Lori, can you just remind me that you're good for your word? Right, remind me that you are faithful. Remind me that you helped me get to this point. You're not going to leave me now. So I just, it was just encouraging to hear those. And just such a reminder to me that no matter what the perception of someone is, especially on social media or wherever they're at or in conversation, I mean, you know, we all can get, we can even get coffee with like a really good friend, right? You're in Starbucks, you're sitting there and they're like, so how are you? And, you know, you share, like you share some, but you don't hit like the 10% underneath the underneath, right? Like you get below the iceberg, but you don't get like the bottom tip because that feels like even you don't know how to maybe put words to it or even you are struggling to wrap your own heart around it. And so I think just being kind this year, like, man, it is safe to assume that everyone's caring more than you can see. So just remember that as we're operating. It's just a safeguard for our peace and theirs. Um, and I also told y'all that, you know, with this podcast, I did want to share some like random kind of sad things, but I'd asked for some must reads. And I wanted to read through this because when I'm re- listening to podcasts and they tell me some good books, it makes me so excited because chances are if I'm listening to their podcast, I trust their voice or I, I'm, I like their kind of content or what they would find interesting. And so it's such good suggestions. Um, there were a ton of options or suggestions given, but recommendations, but I did the ones that were over 30 each because I felt like that's a pretty solid vote. So the first one was The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. So good. Um if you have not read that book, that book is full. I was telling Will, my husband, I was like, it because he was talking about some books to do with a small group. And I was like, it is a book that if you don't live differently, then you slept while you read. Um, because I really believe that. I mean, it is so filled with so much truth and statistics. I mean, you cannot argue Um what it talks about, and you realize how that your pace is robbing you of so much peace, and we control our pace. And so, you know, anyway, it's a really good one. I'm not going to do it with all the books. I was just going to say, because I've read that one, The Courage to Be Disliked, and I cannot pronounce the author's name. It's like Ichiro Kishimi and Fumitaki Koga. That's taking a stab at it. But I really want to read that. The title to me is very intriguing, The Courage to Be Disliked. Um, I have a guess at what it would be about and just the power of operating in freedom and realizing, man, you're not going to please everyone anyway, right? So why try? Um, the Night is Normal by Alicia Brickcole. I actually started chapter one of this, recommended by a dear friend of mine, and I'm going to trace back to that soon. Anonymous by Alicia Brickcole. Love her. She's one of the most powerful authors I've ever read. So good, anonymous. Really, really, really highly recommend that one. Atomic Habits by James Clear. 
Um, I mentioned that earlier. If you have not read that book, you should. Like male, female, 10 years old, maybe not 10, 20, 50 years old, 80 years old. It's so good. It's just eye-opening about things that feel obvious. So anyway, and everyone has a habit they want to change. Like whether they're willing to tell you or not, they do. <laughs> Habits of the Household by Justin Whitmore Early. And I'm excited to, to read that one. I had I had ordered that one last year. Um, Forgetting What You Can't Forget by Lisa Turkhurst. I feel like she's like so living out what she's been writing about and just such a powerful author. She's someone who I followed for a long time. So I have actually not read that book and I have it. So I need to. Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Rochelle. I love him. He's such a good thought leader. His podcast is awesome. Um, and I love how he is very action oriented. He gives practical tips and it doesn't feel airy. You know, it doesn't feel like Christianese. Parenting 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family by Paul Tripp. Um, I love Paul Tripp. His writing is really profound. And so I would I should probably buy that book. Poundries by Henry Cloud. That is a bestseller. And <laughs> this is kind of funny, kind of also not. My friends are like, have you read that? And I have not. Shockingly, I should. I've read excerpts, but I am not great at boundaries. I am working on them and they are hard. So I should definitely read that book. He also has a podcast, Pigeon Religion by R.T. Kendall. I mean, such a deep writer, such a well of just wisdom. Um, So need to go back and read that one. And then Why Do I Do What I Don't Want to Do by Jonathan Pecluda, aka JP. And he actually was my pastor at Watermark when I lived in Texas and probably my one of my favorite communicators ever. Um, male, female. I mean, I truly could not speak more highly of JP. He is just someone that if you do not follow him or have not read his books or listened to him, he's he, the pastor at Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco. Um, highly, highly suggest. Y'all always ask me for stuff like this and recommendations. So I'm trying to be better about sharing it. So welcome back. These are good books to just get if you are wanting to read more and you want to really like also feed your soul and your mind, um, get more emotionally healthy, more spiritually healthy. So, and then I also asked about Must Two Podcast and that's, we're almost done, but I wanted to share those. Same as with books I received, if I if there was an upwards of 50, because there were so many mentioned, then I included it. She by Jordan Dooley, who, Whoa, That's Good by Sadie Robertson, the Mel Robbins podcast, Loverly, um, Loverly Grace podcast, and um, Life with Loverly is what it's called. I was actually a guest on that show. She, Brittany, my dear friend Brittany, and she is awesome. So if you're not listening to that, The Bible Recap with Tara Lee Cobble, so good. Back Porch Theology with Lisa Harper. The Leader's Cut with Preston Morrison. I have not listened to that, but I've heard him and he's awesome and he comes to our church. So I need to listen. Raising Boys and Girls with Sissy Goth and Dave Thomas. That Sounds Fun with Annie F. Downs. Duh. If you haven't listened to that, You Are Under a Rock. It is so good. I love Annie F. Downs. She is the real deal. The Naked Marriage with Dave and Ashley Willis. Here's where it gets interesting with Sharon McMahon. Gold Digger Podcast by Jenna Kutcher. How I Built This by Guy Raz. And The Next Right Thing by Emily Freeman. So I wanted to share all of these because if you are a podcaster, I always like getting suggestions and then hearing one, you know, looking at the title and going, yeah, I think that would resonate with me. And giving it a listen because having some in your arsenal when you're driving 
your kids to school, when you're on the way to the gym, when you're on a road trip, when you're running errands, whatever, um, you know, either silence or this are really healthy, I feel like, options. So the last thing I wanted to kind of close with and just so grateful for you guys. And I'm excited. I'm excited for what's coming up. I'm excited for the rhythms that you and I are going to implement and what God's doing. You know, I just, sometimes I get to the end of the day and I don't know if you feel this way, but I kind of go like, what's it all for? You know, like I kind of go interstellar in my head and I'm like, I think we're running fast. We're doing a lot. We have a lot of input. We have a lot of voices a lot of goals. And I think sometimes just really pausing and asking the Lord. And this is what I would encourage you to ask above all these questions that I've mentioned are, God, is this what you want for me? Because ultimately, y'all, whether we know it or not, what we want is what he wants for us. Because he has access to all wisdom and all power and all knowledge and all goodness, and we couldn't conceive it. And so, I don't know, just taking a step back and giving grace to yourself. Um, You know, we get caught up, and that's okay. That's okay, right? We get to reset. We get to pivot. We get to recalibrate at any moment. And I think that's so powerful when we will live with our humility, constantly humbling ourselves. And if we will be very teachable people and say at any point I can recalibrate and put our pride down and constantly be willing to do that in whatever situation we find ourselves, I think we'll be really good students of Jesus in 2024. So anyway, um, the last question I'd asked y'all is what is the cry or prayer of your heart right now? And um, I just wanted to share these because I want to ask you, like, what are you praying for? What's really, really, really at the top of your mind when you lay your head down at night? Um, and I want to just say that God is there, that God sees that, that he has priority and energy and intention and angels on that case. Like he knows, he knows what he's doing and the method and the timetable and the way it is shaking out will probably not be what you could guess, right? The scripture in John where it talks about, you may not understand what I'm doing, but later you will get it. You will understand, right? That veil, that mystery is what leads to worship. So anyway, I wanted to share some of y'all's answers. There was family restoration, health troubles, a lot of health stuff going on, healing and peace, addiction in the family, infertility and trusting God with my family, Um, singleness and trust in God with a spouse, financial stability amidst uncertainty, Um, waiting, a lot of just waiting, waiting on a promise, waiting on a job promotion, waiting on um, restoration in an area. And then a very common one too um, was revived desire for life post like heartbreak or trauma. And I know we already said this, but these are deep waters, you know? And so ask yourself, like, have you invited the Holy Spirit into that place? Do you really believe that He is with you? Do you really believe He's working? Do you really believe that He's capable? Because you can believe that His presence is there, but if you believe it's too big for Him, then that is no help, right? If I had to bet, um, 
there's probably a, some several things that have gone not according to plan, right? Since thinking through your resolutions. And I hope this podcast is just a reminder like, hey, guess what? That is okay. In fact, that is more than normal. That is the norm, right? I hope this podcast serves as a little mini reset, like a permission slip to take a step back, to reassess where you're at and where you believe God, like where he really wants you to go. What's he really asking of you? Where is he asking you to put your attention? Maybe ask these questions that we walk through. Maybe plan a day date with your friend or your spouse and talk to talk through them at lunch and like just give yourself a second, you know? Tell the person you're going to lunch with, ask me like counter, counter, be devil's advocate. Ask me a question about what I say. Make me dig deeper. And I want to end with just some really, 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 really good news. Are you ready? No matter where you are, God is always faithful in every season. And it is Him who makes your life fulfilling. I don't want to make up your resolutions or goals for you, but I would say this, is that if you don't have the rhythm of sitting with the one who made you, If that's not on the agenda or you haven't been so great with that, could I put that at the top? That's bold to say, but there is nothing that will help you more. Like a podcast is good, right? And conversation is good and church is good and all of those things. But until you become a student of Jesus and you make that a regular rhythm, if you make that a regular rhythm, I would be so firm to say that it will change everything else because that's what it is does. That's God. And he's really good at his job. So anyway, y'all, I'm so thankful that you tuned in and hopefully this was encouraging. Hopefully it met you where you're at. And I just can't wait for to show up and to be consistent. And I appreciate y'all for the grace that you give me and just love y'all so much. If you want to write a review, as always, that's so helpful. I read them and seriously makes me so happy. (laughs) It feels like Because I don't feel like I'm talking to myself, though. If you saw a video, I am talking to myself. Um, But y'all are just my friend, my family. Grateful. And so I love you. I hope you have the best week. And know that you are so important. And God has a really, really good plan for you. And it's worth everything it requires.